This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I could have gone to L.A. Like, I really had thoughts of, like, if I'm going to go more in a pop direction, artist-wise, L.A. seems like the place to be. But I was like, I want to write country songs. Welcome to episode 408, Lily Rose. Which, by the way, she kills it on TikTok. Yeah. I knew she was crushing, and I knew Villain blew up, and I knew, but I didn't know really how popular she was. I guess I don't just go looking at metrics sometimes, unless you write them down for me. But she has... Almost a million TikTok followers. A lot. Yeah. Um, Lily Rose Music Official on TikTok. So Lily Rose is awesome. Here is her song, Villain. We featured this on the Women of Our Country in April of 2021, but it blew up. I love the song. Uh, in My Drinks, we featured this on the national show too as well. Here you go. And finally, her current single is called Sad in the Summer. So, I knew of Lily. I I don't want to say I watch her on Instagram because <laughs> that feels like a creep, but I do. I like follow. I like watch what she does. And first time we met was at the ACMs, and we talk about that. And I said something to her, and I was like, "She's not going to think I'm for real." And I'm just a big fan, and I am for real. So it's pretty cool. I really like Lily. Yeah, she's like effortlessly cool. She's like effortlessly normal with us. I mean, it's like she was like one of the group. I mean, it's the group's us three, me, you, and her. But it's like sometimes there's a whole period where you're, okay, are they cool? How's this interview going to go? But she just like sat down and it just felt like we were hanging out, which is super cool. So I don't know. I really like her. Her music's awesome. She's out now with Sam Hunt on the Summer on the Outskirts tour um, through like September. Then she goes out with Shania. She got new music. Um, more music like this year? Yeah. Did she say that? Okay. Here she is. She's Lily Rose, 28 years old from Dunwoody, Georgia. She had a dad who worked in broadcasting who sparked you know, her interest in music. She taught herself guitar at nine years old. She downloaded TikTok and she did villain and Away she went. I'm a big fan. She signed with Big Loud in January of 2021. Big Loud is where Morgan Wallen, Ernest Hardy, Jake Owen are. And that's the deal. Episode 408. Here she is. 
Lily Rose. I was, um, when that fire, I guess in Canada, mm -hmm. and my phone was like air quality bad. <laughs> All right, there's a fire in Canada. How's that going to affect me here? I mean, it rocked me. And then, you ever been to an allergist? No, but I need to. <laughs> Never been to an allergist. Yeah. Thought it was like something only rich people did. Yeah. Funny thing, I got rich. So then, it's like you got to go to an allergist because it's also part of like my doctor's plan. And I was like, I don't, I'm not allergic to anything. Like food-wise, I'm all good. Yeah, sure. So then they start, uh, the, oh, I got rich thing is fun. It's a joke. Yeah, no, yeah. of course. Oh, kind of. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> they were digging, they dig holes in your back. And then they put all of the things that you could be allergic to in the holes. And so... It's like it's a lot of holes, rag, too. It's like 20. Yeah. It's like they dig out a little hole and then put like ragweed. It's awful. Asian pollen. Yeah. And so when am I going to be in Asia to experience yeah. their pollen? We can chill on that one. You never know. You're rich. Right. You well, true. I forgot about <laughs> that. I forgot, forgot that I'm rich. Never be a, so, uh, but I came back and I had a couple things, but... When, but once a year, these allergies hit me so hard that I lose my voice completely. Yeah. As a singer, yeah. is there something that you, does it happen to you at all on any sort of schedule? Or nah. what is it for you that's the hardest about keeping, because we both get paid for our voices. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, it's just the, the vocal warm ups. And, you know, I never really understood it growing up of why you would need a vocal coach. It's like, but I can sing. And it's like, it's the same way that athletes need trainers yeah. is to just learn how to warm up and cool down correctly and, you know, elongate the muscle and, and all of it, but it's for me in the fall. It's like every fall I end up getting sick. And I never had allergies growing up as a kid. It's just like the last three or four years. And my and dad you got said rich. It, and then I, that's what comes with it. We're working on it. Yes. More taxes and allergies. <laughs> yeah. Always. The vocal exercises are interesting because growing up as your what age did you start singing where you actually tried? Like fifteen. You probably and if you did a little that I would understand that, but you probably didn't have the education on what you needed to do, warming up, making sure you don't scream your voice out up until, you know, you kind of got here and you yeah. really start to be around people that understand. So all these years, you just ho-hum, ho-hum, singing wonderfully, but not really taking care of it. But what is crazy about the mind is that I have some friends who never had a vocal injury their whole life yeah. until they started learning about how they could get vocal injuries and then they got a vocal injury. Dude, I would play like 80 to 100 shows of bar sets. So like three and four hours. Would never cool down. Would never warm up. Would drink my way through all of it. We'd take like 15 minute breaks in between. And it was like I never lost my voice. Never came close. Would do Thursday, Friday, Saturday runs. And then now we play 30 minute sets on like a Sam oh, Hunt tour. And I'm like, I, yeah. can't even, I can't even handle this. <laughs> it, I think it's a mind thing. I think a lot of it's a mind thing. But also I think that you're doing it right as well now, right? Because yeah. athletes need to stretch. You, you made a great point. You are a vocal athlete. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but and so am I in a different way. Sure. But yes, but it is probably, um, I have a friend, this is, has nothing to do with reality, but he was telling me, he was like, I never got polyps. It, it never. He's like, I've never got polyps ever. I've been singing at a high level. I'm not kidding. Like three weeks later, he goes, bro, I got a polyp. Yeah. I'm just going to say. Like, I don't I'm, believe in the jinx. Yeah, no. But that is just, Yo, that's bizarre. I have that's a ton bizarre. of polyps. Universe. Yes, all the time. You, I, I have a, you all love the time, polyps. Dude. You can have enough yeah. polyps. Uh, how you been? I've been good, man. It's uh, We were just talking about, I feel like when CMA Fest hits, for us as touring musicians, it's kind of the like, here we go. And uh, we're just in that part of the, the year right now. Festivals and craziness. What a, What is here we go? Because I've had to do CMA Fest from a different level. I used to go and host some things, but then I would also play some things that I was also doing my radio show. 
For me, here we go meant I hated it. Yeah. What does here we go mean for an artist who, there's a lot of people, there's a built-in audience here. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? No, I mean, for me, the, the performing and the meet and greets are my favorite part of the job. Um, I really enjoy it. So it's just here we go of like, yeah, these are going to be long days, but mm-hmm. it's cool. And that's, you know, it's just, it's CMA Fest is the start, but then you get to festival season and like, we're grinding it out in a van right now. So sleep's not great, but you're with a bunch of people that you love and it's your dream job. So here we go is a good thing for me. I love it. I guess that's the tone in which you say it. Cause if I go, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Here we go. But here we go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, having a blast. Mike, I really go. Here we go. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Mostly it's like, here we go. <laughs> God dang. Uh, so um, I've been a fan. I mean, I'll, Villains, I, uh, first time I heard it, I was like, dang, literally good. And then, I don't know, life just went on. We ne- I don't. Yeah. We didn't meet or yeah. anything. I don't think we met until um, ASC, ACMs in Dallas. Yep, about a month ago. And so, but I, I knew you were because when you came up to me, the first thing I said was, hey, congratulations on, on getting married. And it's weird because I never met you, but social media allows you to kind of like know somebody. 100%. At least kind of. Yeah. And and then I start to wonder, because I said, hey, good to meet you. And I hate saying that when I've met someone. So mostly I just say, hey, great to see, to see you. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I learned that from you. You said that like on a podcast four years mm-hmm. ago and it saved my ass. So Except I remember saying with you, good to meet you. And then I felt just felt terrible going, have I met her before? Yeah. Had I met you before? No. Okay. No. Good. That makes me feel good in that I wasn't a douche there. But I just feel bad that. I'm late to the party-ish, but I was a fan of Villain, and I did know about you, and I even follow you personally, right? Yeah, so, well, thank you. Um, I don't think I told Mike this. We So you used to listen to this. Where did you work by, by the Opry? Yeah, so I worked at Under Armour and American Eagle at Opry Mills and would work. In the mall. In the mall. Got it. Yep. Got and, it. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I worked the four thirty shift, so like I would either work four thirty in the morning to ten thirty, and I'd miss y'all's show like completely. Like my hours were your hours. Four, or, you, 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 well, hold on. You go to work in the mall at four thirty, stalking. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I could get out and ride at eleven, uh, trying to get a pub makes, deal. Still, yeah. Oh, that's here you go. Or that's I would work still. the ten p.m. to six a.m. shifts. How how did that sleep schedule work? The ten p.m. to six. It's awful. So would you sleep like four or five hours and then try to go write? Yeah, I would like I would come home, sleep for two hours, go to the gym, try to write. And I mean, I didn't mm. have a pub deal. I had like no presence on Music Row at all. But I had those five or six friends that we all wrote with each other. No deals. Mackenzie Carpenter was one of them. She ended up writing villain with me. But um, yeah, we'd do that because we were all working at Starbucks in the mm-hmm. mall and trying to trying to get it. But I always tell people, I'm like, this podcast just taught me of like Dan Smyers had to steal food at a hotel lobby with Andy Albert, and like everyone's journey is different. And I'm not going to get a deal at 24. Might be 25. Might be 35. I don't know. And also, as hard as it is and as lonely as it feels, and I don't mean this in any way but complimentary, what you're doing by working those places, that's pretty normal for people. Yeah. Because there are two kinds of people that come to this town. People that don't have a lot, that want to be a lot, and people that have a whole lot, and that have a backup plan, and they want to be a lot, but if not, they're cool. Sure. And the people that have to go hustle, yeah, they're hustling for a reason. Yeah. Because you don't know how to do anything else. That's it. And you got to survive. Yeah. Right? It's not like you got a, a mommy and daddy's million dollars sitting there ready to, or you wouldn't have to go work at American Eagle. You could literally just sleep all day and then go write. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, how do you write true stories for the country music fan base if you haven't gone through anything? You know? I was always a fan of American Eagle more than Abercrombie. Here's why. <laughs> when I walked into Abercrombie, I felt like they judged me more. I could never afford Abercrombie. Yeah. 
Actually, now Abercrombie's cool again, which they have some nice I stuff. Can't, I wear only yeah. Abercrombie now. I, I wear Abercrombie stuff too. And first time I went and I told my wife, I was like, I'm way too old and yeah. to be in here. She was like, no, 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 they have <laughs> no, good stuff good. again. <laughs> so they've kind of, bound, but but there was a span of like 10 years, even when I was in high school, that I went in, but I felt way judged. You ever, you ever see Pretty Woman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I felt like that. But yeah. I never went back and did yeah. the whole thing where I'm going to buy the whole store. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt way more judged there than American Eagle. And then sometimes Abercrombie would have ripped up dudes up front. And I just made me feel worse about myself because I wasn't a ripped up dude. And I would be like, well, I don't look like that. I don't even want to walk by that ripped up dude because he's going to look at me and go, well, you're not ripped up like me. You can't wear these clothes as good as I can. So I I just was off on Abercrombie. So American Eagle, A+. Did you ever watch that documentary on Netflix about all of that? It was like the downfall of Abercrombie of how they just pretty much were only trying to target hot people and were pretty much on their ads like saying some messed up marketing way of like, if you're not hot, you can't wear Abercrombie. Is there enough hot people to sell to? I know, right? But they ended up like firing the CEO, board got like absolutely just cleared and they started over from scratch. Well, they really missed out on 30, young, 30, young bu- 30 bucks or so <laughs> yeah. over the course of about two years. Right. But I was a big American Eagle guy. Yeah. So you did that. You said American Eagle. Where else did you work? It was uh, American Eagle. Under Armour was my main gig. Mm, that's cool. And then like uh, American Eagle has that other brand, Airy. That was in there. It's actually how I met my wife, which is wild. Was she shopping in there? No. So she was uh, on the Las Vegas Strip. You know, they have like the three-story Nike stores mm-hmm. and like all that. They were opening an American Eagle and an Aerie. For some reason, Here, they sent in Vegas. In Vegas. And yeah. for some reason, they sent like their 10-person management team to train at Opry Mills for two weeks. <laughs> she was, you know, head of merchandising and we met, fell in love. It's wild. And how long was she supposed to be there? Two weeks. And did... How long from when she got there and you met until you guys actually started like falling for each other or dating or did it happen after she went back? So it was the last night. They had been out on Broadway for like nine days in a row. And I was like, hey, let's go to East Nashville. You didn't go with them? No, not on Broadway once. I was like, last night, let's take you, do what we do in town. Go to Five Points in East. Let's go to Losers for whiskey jam and like but you must have already like been crushing a little bit then if you're asking around night 10 well like we kind of were but i was like with the whole crew with like everyone got it so i mean like we kind of were we think back we're like wow we didn't even really interact while we were working together for 10 days but really hit it off that night and then she flew back to vegas and we talked every day and i flew out there three and a half months later rest is history okay well there's a lot of rest is history there you flew out there yep but then what did you go back and forth? Did she go back and forth? Yeah, we did long distance for about another year and a half after that. And then <laughs> she moved to town the week before the tornado in our one-bedroom apartment. We got hit. Had to go to a hotel. What do you mean you got hit? By the tornado. Yeah, I mean, but what, like what, actual damage? Yeah, like broken windows and glass, snow. Like literally, it, it Yeah, like we were right there it. at Von Elrod's in like Germantown. So mm. we got... We got hit. Um, oh, you move here and get hit by a tornado right when you move here? Right when she moves here. What the crap? And then we got put in a hotel, and then we had to leave the hotel because it was COVID, and they shut down the hotel. So we went from long distance, 2,000 miles away, to being in a 500-square-foot broken apartment locked down for COVID. And how did that go? It was great. We're married now, so uh, we ended up enjoying it. It was a good time. Similar-ish. I met my wife... And we didn't, nothing, it wasn't, I won't say it was nothing, but it was nothing. Yeah. Like, hello, how's it going? She was yeah. a friend of a friend. And so I have a, I met her through uh, doing PR, but she was from Oklahoma, not my wife. Um, she was doing PR for me at American Idol and Dancing with the Stars, all my ABC stuff, but she was from Oklahoma. And she was like, hey, I want you to meet my friend. This is Caitlin. And this was just added random thing. And she wasn't trying to set us up. 
but they're both from Oklahoma. I say, hey, how's it going? And I honestly thought, I'm not even going to try. Because yeah. at the time, Caitlin was going to grad school in L.A., but I didn't know that. I thought she was just an L.A. girl. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with the L.A. girl, mostly because <laughs> they want anything to do with me. So it was one of those where, you know, of course. you go ahead and protect yourself by going, oh, I don't like you anyway. Yep. So didn't, we talked for a second, but that was it. And for like two months, we didn't communicate at all. Nothing. And then I found her on Instagram. I was like, hey, I'm coming to town. I'm going to shoot this other show. Let me know if you're around. We'll hang out. And so we hung out, and I was there for a couple nights. We went out, you know, like three nights in a row. It was, yeah. it was awesome. And then I came back, and we did long distance for some months. And then COVID hit. And I said, you know, me being the uh, wildly intelligent guy <laughs> I am, I said, this COVID thing's not going to last long. You'll be yeah, here for, for like sure. a week. Yeah. Like this thing's not going to and so she came for like a week and that was it. But she stayed and it was the whole time because yeah. as you know, COVID took a while. Yep. And so, but we were together every day. Dude, that's wild. And it was really, because I'd never been in a relationship before. I never told anybody I loved him before ever. Neither had my wife. She'd never dated women or been in a relationship. You're She'd her only, first woman? Yeah. So like we had that same thing too. Of like those nine days we worked together, neither of us thought anything. Even when I went out that night, I didn't have that thing in the back of my head where I was like, Oh, that girl that I have a crush on that's been there. I was just like, oh, I'm just going out and drinking with these people. And then we finally hit it off on day 10. But she it, was definitely in denial Wait, did, as well. So was she, but she was, was, to you, was she straight? Yeah, she like only dated men, but never been in a serious relationship. Got it. Yeah. And I had been in sort of relationships, but lots of trauma. Yeah. But then I never told anybody I loved them. Yeah. And... You know, when I said it to her, I meant it, and I probably should have said it even earlier. But it was, it was like a a, a boulder that couldn't. I, I yeah. it's just For sure. like, yeah. But then I said it, and then it was just on, and it just felt. It wasn't like this fairy landed on my shoulder and exploded. It yeah. was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. More than it was some sort of get shocked in the junk by lightning, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And my wife is just very much that way as well. Of like, She always told her family, you're never going to meet anyone until it's the person I'm marrying. She would always say the dude that I'm going to marry. So she never took anybody to meet her family? Never. T- she never said, I love you, took anyone to meet her family. She's like the most sure of herself human being that I've ever met, which was why I immediately was so attracted to her. And she, uh, yeah, she meant it when she said that. <laughs> She'd never That's really cool. Home. Did you know before she said it to you? Because my wife did know that I'd never said it. Yeah. Did you know that she had never said it before? Yeah, I knew. And you know, it was like that night we went out in in East Nashville and everything, and then she flew home. We FaceTimed every day. Like we fell in love and learned to communicate on the phone with like no touching. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's like when you get in a fight with somebody. You hope you can kiss and make up kind of thing. And we learned really how to I thought you were going to say punch them. I literally yeah. thought you were like, when you get in a fight with somebody, you know, you like to punch and strangle them. Got it. The other way. I felt that. Go ahead. Hey, that is my yes. biggest regret in life that I never got in a fight. I think I'm too old now, but. And we'll get to that. Yeah. Me, me too. Go ahead. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, so we, we did so much communication on FaceTime and everything. I learned every in and out about her mm-hmm. more than I would have in a normal relationship where you're seeing somebody every day. Well, because there are no distractions. Nope. You know, if you're phoning it, you've got. To kind of be dialed in. Yeah. And you got to kind of have a point. It's like, even with us talking here, yeah. I got things I want to know. If the conversation tends to go somewhere else, great. I'm going to follow it and see where it goes. Yep. Same thing there. I can't really get on my phone and just dick around. Yeah, we can't just sit on TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing in the same room. It's like the only way we're spending time together is 
actually communicating. And then so. you went from that to being in COVID where you're just with each other all the time. All the time. And I was working from home. I was working for Warby Parker at that time, doing customer service phones and delivering groceries and stuff. So I was like, I was home all the time. She got laid off because of the pandemic. So it was a lot of time. How did she tell you she loved you? And did, were you ever like, hey, when are you going to tell me? When are you going to tell me? No, I, it was that first night that I finally flew to Las Vegas and we cooked dinner and watching Breakfast Club and I was beating around the bush and she was just like, I love you too. Just say it. And I was like, nice. Yeah. Where me, it was like, uh, uh, she's like, are you okay? Uh, are you having a seizure? Uh. So it was a little different. She did it. Yeah, I did it. I did. I love. Yeah, I love you. Uh. Hang tight. The Bobby Cast will be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back on the Bobbycast. How long ago did you get married now? Is it uh, it's four been months? two or three months. Yeah, yeah. March 25th. How was, how was the wedding? Best day of our lives. We did it uh, right at the bridge building on the pedestrian bridge right there. Mm-hmm. That weird roller coaster thing is. When you're working these jobs, because, listen, I've had a ton of jobs too outside yeah. of just doing this. But are, are you doing these jobs going, I'm just doing this until I can make enough not to do it? 
Or are you doing these jobs going, I'm working because I got to pay the bills and hopefully hopefully one day I can just, I don't, I don't, the mindset's different for everybody. Are you, is it a means to an end? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It was for me, you know, I think so many people in my life, including my now in-laws, you know, when I met them, they were kind of like, okay, wow, our daughter's bringing home not only somebody they love, but a girl, like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm an artist and a songwriter, but I don't have a deal yet. So I work at the mall and I deliver groceries and all that. And now everyone's kind of like, wow, the hustle. But I think a lot of people judge me of like, why are you doing these? These are hard part-time jobs. It's Mm -hmm. not even like it was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, drive Uber during the day. It was like, I had one goal at the time. It was a get a publishing deal. Because I was like, the way the town works is a pub deal first and then maybe go into a development deal, label deal, whatever it is. So I had one one goal. And I was like, how do I make the perfect amount of money while none of it's compromised? Like if you found me on Instagram and you wanted me to come in for a radio show or Leslie Fram wants me to come in for a meeting or whatever it is, I don't have to call out of work. Like mm-hmm. I have my days open for whatever opportunity. Very linear thinking. I am the same way. Yeah. I try to find the best way to go from A to B without anything stumbling in the way. Mm. Um, what kind of student were you? Awful. Really? It's like I have a lot of street smarts and uh, just never could do the academic stuff. I don't know if I have ADD or ADHD. Who knows? But uh, I just couldn't concentrate and I just didn't really care. I was that kid. I went to private Catholic high school, but it was like the biggest private school in Georgia. So 250 kids in my class. And I was big. Yeah. And I always joke. I was like, I think we had 250 and I finished like 251 academics wise. Okay, if you had a private school, why are you having to work so hard? Uh, because my parents knew that I had the hustle thing and they were just like, go get it. And I just didn't ask. I probably could have asked for a little bit more, but I, uh, I enjoy the hustle. Sometimes I sit here and I like see help wanted and I still think, yo, should I apply for that job? And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. I like that. That's, you know, and two, it's like all the work that you're putting in now, even if it's not work at your job, but all of the hard work that you're doing it's also a respect that's being developed and an appreciation that's being developed. And you have a lot in common with a lot of people here. You also can write songs from, from a place too. There's just a lot of that that goes into, hey, I'm just going to go here with a bank account and just try to meet people. Like I respect yeah. that a lot. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. It's uh, I enjoy it. I think if you don't have some little bit of a chip on your shoulder, you can kind of get lost and why do you got a chip? And, the, and jaded and everything because I what, want it your, too bad. What's your chip? I got, I got 80 chips. I got a bag of Lay's. Yeah. But yeah what, what's, your, what's your chip? No, I, for me, I've, I've really learned this in the last like month or two about myself is my biggest red flag is that I want it so bad that I get caught up in the comparison game. I get caught up in the shit talk. Yeah, I get same. and all of it. And uh, sometimes it's to my own detriment, you know, and in this town, it's a small town. And But my biggest thing, and I I think back to when I was in high school, it's like, when I want to do something, I will do it. I just never wanted to do the studying in the grades. I ended up with the most attentions, and it was in the end of our class academically, but for some reason, like, I was the teacher's favorite across the board, even with those two factors. I think I just always really wanted to put my efforts towards work and athletics and music and relationships. Did you play sports? Yeah, soccer and basketball my whole life. What were you best at? I got, I was like the, the kid until about eighth or ninth grade and I just never got faster. So I was good at being slow towards the end of a, but you were the kid at though, if you had to pick one, were you a better soccer player or basketball player? 
basketball probably. Yeah, definitely better at basketball, but it was fun. I It was hard for me. I was always the leading scorer in the league or whatever it is in middle school, and then I didn't get any faster, and I kind of started falling behind, had to transfer high schools at one point. And Did you work hard? Yeah, I was always the first kid in, last kid out. I would have bet that. Yeah, couldn't. Just couldn't make it work. It didn't click, and it wasn't until senior year when I really started adopting the the artist thing that I would go and I'd do like the talent show and then throw my basketball jersey on, and kind of have that solace and acceptance that I'm on the bench and I'm like, yeah, but I just did what I'm supposed to do before this. When did you start playing music at all or caring to learn music? Um, so my cousin, who was like my older brother that lived in Atlanta, we spent so many holidays and weekends with him. He was four years older and he taught me how to play like drums, piano, guitar. So when I kind of really started showing interest in just rhythm and music, my parents got me a drum set when I was like nine, which I'm so the grateful first instrument for. was drums? Yeah. For a nine-year-old, that sounds like it would be pure torture to live in a house with a nine-year-old that had drums. Uh, it probably was. And got him um, like an electric harp that I couldn't even yeah. hear. Like, here's your first instrument. Yeah, here you wow. go. But um, they must have seen something. You know, I was too young to kind of recognize it. But I just grew up in a household where everyone loved music. Like, my parents didn't play but my brother and I both do. All of my cousins do. It's really bizarre. But, you know, after dinner, they would let us choose. All right, you each get to choose three songs that we're going to dance to. Because, like, we just all had this crazy love of music. And they would always let me stay. If, you know, there's somebody playing Garth Brooks covers at the Mexican restaurant. I'd be five years old. And I was like, can we stay for one more song? And they always said yes. They always just let my my musicianship kind of be present, which I'm grateful for. And then started playing guitar when I was 12, kind of taught myself that. And then uh, this girl, Taylor Swift, came along. Never heard of her. Tell me more. Yeah, right? And uh, she she and I are the same age, roughly. So when she was like singing about being 15 in the hallway, wanting the senior boy, LOL. But uh, I was like, that's me. I'm 15 in the hallway, feeling alone and wanting to date the senior boy and all that stuff. So I started writing songs. You said LOL. Did you still want to date boys as a senior? No, I, well, yeah, you know, I went to private Catholic oh, school. Oh, you're right. You went to a Catholic school. I guess that was in would... the South, like in Atlanta. And yeah. I just didn't have, I didn't have a clue that I could be myself that early, let alone ever be myself. Um, so, yeah, I think I was in straight up denial, but always. Where'd you, where'd you go to college? Yeah, I did for five years in Athens, Georgia. For five, <laughs> five years, <laughs> majored in life, minored in friendship, baby. <laughs> so you're, you're a bulldog. You have the, yeah. the Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. yeah. Massive, massive SEC guy, big Arkansas yep. guy. Congratulations, you guys are awesome at everything. And it sucks, and I hate it, and I hate <laughs> you for that. But I'm going to get away from that. Hey. But so you go to Georgia? Was that the dream? Yeah. So I didn't even go to the Georgia. I went to the really small school. You would, in you went Athens. to Athens and went to a different school that wasn't Georgia. You could not get in to you could not get into the University of Georgia if you lived in Atlanta, especially if you were a private school kid without like a four one. I'm surprised there's another school in Athens. Yeah, University of North Georgia Nighthawks, baby. So you go to UNG. Yep, UNG. And the plan was for me to do that for about a year and a half, two years, and then transfer to UGA. But I really picked up on the music stuff. And uh, I was also working at univer- at the University of Georgia in the gym. I had like five jobs. You, But you worked on campus at the University of Georgia. Yep, so I was like faculty staff. So but I still you, got the exact same experience. I mean, the, yeah, there except- is, but there is some truth to that ish. Yeah. If you're there a lot, you're getting to do yeah. a lot of the stuff... Because a lot of colleges just be in there. Yeah, 100%. And like Athens is wild. So for me to get to be a part of 
the student recreation center and like all of that every single day that I ended up working my way up to when the professional staff salary people would leave at five o'clock. I ran the second biggest student union gym in the country. Like that was one of my jobs that I did. So I was extremely immersed in the bulldog community because I love it so much, Mm -hmm. but academics wise, not a shot. I never went to the University of Arkansas because I couldn't afford it and I had to work. And I always hated that. And I was always embarrassed of that because I'm I'm so proud of it and I've just a big part of my personality. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah, right? mine it's, only, too. it's the only consistent thing that I had growing up was I knew when the games were, and no matter where I lived or who I was living with or where it was always on. Like yeah. that's my consistency, and I still hold on to it for that. So I'm so passionate about it, and that's why I love it. But I was always just so embarrassed because people would be like, Where'd you go to school? Am I? Well, Luckily, I now can say I'm an alumni because they gave me an honorary doctorate. Yeah. So now people are like, where do you go to school? I'm just like, eh, Arkansas. That's <laughs> it's kind of a lie, but That's you know. Yeah, it's. But I'm with you. I mean, I truly would run out into the street for the University of Georgia. <laughs> I, would, I wish a whole over. lot of you fans would. And yeah, then right? they would <laughs> Just go hey, away. Yeah. Repeat. Hey, my, drummer, like, my drummer's woo pig. So, But you're not as annoying as Alabama fans. No. And not near as annoying as Tennessee fans. No. Oh, God. They're the worst. And maybe because we live in them. Yeah, And I often say, because I do a sports podcast, I often say, if I don't like your fan base, it's because I'm annoyed that you probably beat us. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean, that's because yeah. rarely... That's how we feel about Alabama all these yeah. years. Yeah. Rarely do I go, oh man, you know who I hate? Man, Kentucky football. <laughs> I, <laughs> Arkansas is always hard. <laughs> right. So it's like Kentucky basketball, maybe I get annoyed at. 100%. But it's always a compliment when I hate a fan base. I like individuals and in I like individually a lot of Tennessee fans. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like more than three, I like to push them off the bridge yeah, together as a group. They just, they think that they're a yeah. little bit better than they are right now. And but you, I'm glad Rocky, you guys beat Alabama though. Sing Rocky Top all the way down yeah, as your right? I push you off the bridge. <laughs> uh, you Are you playing shows in college? Yeah. So freshman year, I started uh, doing open mics and stuff like that where I could play like a cover and an original. And there was this one bar um, called Boar's Head that they did it on Wednesdays. And I just kind of chipped my way through of like... I would do the Wednesday night open mic and then they would offer me, hey, do you want to do the 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Thursday slot for $100? Like, hell yeah. yeah. And then it was like, hey, do you want to do the Friday? And then it turned into like, we were kind of the biggest cover band in Athens. Oh, you well, had a group. Yeah. So I eventually, you know, when they're paying me a little bit more, like, you know, $250 for a four hour set, but it's after a home game and it's packed and it's wild. You're getting tips and all that. It was dope, but I really just want to play my originals. I just, I always had that thing where I was like, this is dope and I love being on stage, but I don't want to play other people's songs. So I would also try to route us and go and play in like coffee shops for hour and a half gigs where we can play, you know, hour of originals and 30 minutes of covers. So we got up to about 100 shows a year through the Southeast that I didn't have management, booking, agents out of PR. georgia you're talking about the whole southeast like south carolina florida all, i mean all yep. that north carolina how are people finding out about you they weren't <laughs> it was you know it was definitely like the most word of mouth thing ever but i mean we would maybe be able to put we could sell out shows in atlanta like eddie's attic and smith's yeah. bar 300 cap rooms were you calling other places in other states being like hey we're coming through do you have or would like, people hear about you in bar or all like, email bar? so yeah. there was this like it's called, it was called oh, uh, Indie on the Move. And it was just a database of clubs and bars throughout the country. And you could kind of put your radius and whatever you wanted to do and literally just would email. I, I, when I moved here, I would sit at Ugly Mugs 
in East Nashville and spend like eight hours a day emailing places. It sounds like what politicians do. Yeah. For a while, <laughs> I thought, and I still think I will eventually, but I thought I would, even this last election, go run for governor of Arkansas. Yeah. There, oddly, both sides were coming after me going, hey, come run on our side, come run on our side, because I definitely socially am definitely more of a Democrat. When it comes to fiscally and, you know, we could go to all... Me too. I definitely have super conservative views in ways, but then again, I grew up on welfare. Sure. So I just think I'm not in the middle, but I have things that are oddly polar about me on sides, and I grew up in the South, and I had guns, but I'm also like... Hey, everybody shouldn't have a freaking gun. 100%. And people don't understand what the Second Amendment even was. All of that to be said, it was, hey, you're going to run for office. We'd love you to run for office. But you, gotta, you understand, five or six hours a day, you're on the phone asking for money. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. That, my cousin does that for a living for DeSantis, actually. Really? Yeah. Just she calls like, and says we need, and they, it's all money. She, yeah. She flies and, you know, does the handshakes and knocks on the doors and it's all wild. But yeah, you're just the CEO of yourself, you know, like it doesn't matter how successful you are. I still feel that way now where my whole team, everyone in town kind of laughs because it's like, if there's an after party, I am there and I will be the last one there because I want to make sure that I just know everybody in town because you never know. You got to work for your brand. It's definitely like you're running for office. 100%. Yeah. Relationships are so important. The Bobby cast. We'll be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is the Bobby Cast. Something that I'm not good at, that you are, just because I experienced it myself a couple months ago, is that you're very warm and you're very, you'll go up and just be direct and be like, what up? Yeah. It's almost scary. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> oh, no. And I do. And I really tried. I tried not to be that Nashville person that's like, we should do this. For sure. For sure. Because I hate when people do that Yeah, the me. we should write sometime. We should write. We should hang out. Yeah. And I remember talking to you and I was like, hey, I'm going to get you on. Yeah. Like, and if I would have been me and I would have heard that from you, I'd have been like, okay, this is just what people say when they see each other at yeah. places like this. But I actually believed it when you said oh, it. Good. You know, I meant like, it. Yeah. And I left going and I told Mike, I was like, hey, let's try to figure this out. And I was like, I bet she thought I was full of crap. No, I, that's your reputation. You're not going to, you're not going to say anything you don't well, want to say. That's the good part of it, maybe. I know. Hey. <laughs> that's the good side. I respect of, that. Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect that. So, okay. When do you move here? Why do you move here? What was the, what was that? Yeah. So I'd, you know, been in Athens for, it was about four and a half years and there was no sights of graduating at all. And I wanted to drop out since sophomore year. But my dad and mom were both like, no, you got to stay in school, but we'll support you going to do the music thing and, and all that. I was working all those jobs and uh, I looked at my dad and I was like, I'm going to Nashville. I really wanted to go to Belmont my freshman year. And my the dad- study music? Yeah. yeah. And my dad was like, you're not, we're not paying all this money for you to go learn how to be on stage and write a song. Go to Athens. Plenty of, plenty of music things to do there and figure it out. And I'm so grateful for that because I thought I learned, a, I would have learned so much at Belmont and the connections and relationships are just unmatched um, music business wise, but I learned how to be on stage. I learned what it was going to be like if my tuner goes out in the middle of a big song and how to run Ableton and how to be a boss on the road and all of that, that I would have never gotten if I had moved directly here. You moved to Nashville. 2017. You got to meet. Really? Right. Really? Yeah. When was the pandemic? What year was that? 2020. Okay. <laughs> My, I don't know what years are what anymore. I'm not even sure what year I was born anymore. It was That's like, fair. when was the pandemic? Like, uh. Hey, what year was I born? <laughs> so, okay. So you at least have a couple to few years here. Yeah. You get here. Does it just seem, the word's not impossible, does it seem just like it's so deep that it's just going to be so hard to finally get to the surface? If yeah. You, especially if you don't know anybody. Like, I didn't know anybody when I moved up here. I had one friend who now ends up running all of like Riser House's A&R, Kirby Smith, but um, she she was awesome and would always take me out for lunch and answer my questions, but I just, I don't know if I just wasn't there yet songwriting-wise. I'd never co-written ever in my life. I always wrote hundred percent of my stuff and I was, I was sitting there and I was always just trying to write and be the next this. And I was like, Oh, this song, I'm so inspired by that Ben Rector song. Let me go try to write one just like it or Bruce Springsteen or Katy Perry, Maroon five, like all these influences. And then I started co-writing when I finally gained a little bit of a community here. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is my stuff. Like, I feel like I'm writing Lily Rose for the first time. And again, I didn't really have a genre. I still don't think that I do. I definitely have twang in my voice and country and storytelling, but 
I definitely didn't have a genre back then. And when we were writing all these songs, I was like, this is country music. I'm, I'm supposed to be an artist in country. The people that you mentioned, Rector, see Springsteen? Yeah, Springsteen, Katy Perry, and like Need to Breathe was huge. Are those all artists, are they randoms that came to your head? Or like, who's your Mount Rushmore of, I'm not going to say favorite to listen to, but like people that you think kind of shaped you yeah. as an artist? Springsteen for sure. Um, Katy Perry for sure. I would say Maroon 5. And then, yeah, probably Rector. It's probably Ben or Need to Breathe would be in that last slot of the the show. I always loved their shows. I would pay met, to go see them all the time. You ever met Ben? No. Terrible guy. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> Just, he will. Bad you, songwriter. You turn your back, he will steal your wallet. Yeah, cannot play the piano. Just it's awful. Just a <laughs> not sincere, just a terrible dude. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan. I think I've seen him, him 11, 12 times. Have you met him? No. Oh, he's like literally one of my dearest friends. Yeah. He's the greatest. Yeah, no, I've, I bet. And he does the greatest shows and he's the most humble dude. The yeah. only time I ever paid for VIP. You paid for VIP director? Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm going to text him wrong. Because I was just dying to see and do his Q&A with people. And uh, I always thought he was so kind. I was in the middle of making my first EP at the time too. And I, it's not a lot of times that you get to shake somebody's hand and be like, hey, I'm making my first record ever and you've been a huge influence for me. And it's always kind of taught me when I'm doing my VIPs now to really make sure you're just intentional with every single person in line. You know, you never well, know. He probably stole all his music anyway. I <laughs> ripped it all off. That man is independent. He, yeah. He's ben, killing it. Yeah, Ben's awesome. So you're figuring out who you are. And again, you didn't have a genre, but Nashville you can kind of come to just because the... Just the guts of this town's music. Of course, it's country. Yeah. But it's more than that because the songwriters are here, the studios are here, the pub. So I feel like you're country. I just wouldn't have ever thought you weren't. Yeah, I didn't grow up listening to country. Like my parents didn't, and none of my friends' parents did either. But seventh grade, somebody put on I Go Back on a boombox in my backyard, and I was like, what is that? And, uh, but that's also okay. Who yeah. I really don't like are the people that are, well, if you didn't, know, if you can't, you know, differentiate Merle from Waylon, and it's like that is not fair. Yeah. Because you're cutting out such a wonderfully talented group of people that have the same fundamental country storytelling. We don't say country, but like storytelling sensibilities. Yeah. I mean, you just happen to be from the Southeast, but heck, you could have been from Southern California, but it's all an understanding and how you're doing the art more than anything else. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, you know, when I first, when Villain exploded and I was really starting to do these interviews and press and stuff like that, I would get so nervous when people would rapid fire questions. You could have any genre or any era of country music. What would it be? And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, should I just be fake and say the 90s? I'm like, you want to know what? Screw it. The Rascal Flats era. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am like 05 to 2011. And that's country. honestly the most fun answer to get whenever you're an interviewer talking to somebody. Yeah. And I've made jokes about how people have to be like, um, you know, Cash. Now, luckily for me, I grew up in Arkansas and Johnny Cash was from Arkansas. My grandma was obsessed with him. So sure. I had all that forced on me. Yeah. And I had it forced on me. I probably wouldn't have found it. Yeah. Right. So I don't think that there's a difference really in you hearing I go back in seventh grade and my grandma going, you have to listen to Johnny Cash because he's like us, he's from Arkansas. No difference. I don't think there is either. And I'm so excited when people tell me I never liked country music and then I heard you and I'm in. And it was like my gateway. 
And I think Morgan does that for the genre the best right now for, for everyone. But it's like, what is the difference of, you know, everyone has, whether it's your grandma playing it for you. And I, I got a bit, I mentioned this maybe one of the last two, I got a bit that I do in my stand-up act that I talk about how people make fun of, well, that ain't country. Well, then the only things that are country are artists of color from Africa that brought the banjo over or <laughs> right. Europeans that brought the fiddle. Yeah. Like that's literally, yeah, none of that's them. the genesis of country music. Yeah. That's where the banjo comes from in the Southeast was slaves coming over on the slave ship. Yeah. So it's somebody that's like, well, if there ain't overalls and chewing on a straw and talking about a uh, truck that ain't cunt. It's like you have your, the most uneducated people are the ones that say that. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of truth in country music that doesn't have to revolve around Absolutely. trucks. And- it really fires me up. Yeah. It, I'm talking about. Me too. Just, oh. And I, you know, I, country, I was not a cowboy. I was more of a hillbilly. Yeah. Some would say a redneck even at yeah. times. Yeah. Just from where I was, and so yeah, I, don't, I never wore a cowboy. Hat. I won't wear a cowboy hat now because I ain't a cowboy, and I don't want to <laughs> even act like I was a cowboy ever. But when I first moved here, but because I had done pop and hip hop and sports and alternative, and it was like, well, you're not country. I'm like, bro, won't you come to the trailer park in Arkansas yeah. and tell me what I ain't? Yeah, you know, we're all hundred percent. So yeah, I hate that for you. That not just for you, but you, the understood you of people that yeah. are super talented, have a voice, an authentic message, and then you're told what you are and what you aren't. Yeah, and it's like, and if you look at it, I've now loved country music for more years than I haven't. You know, like I've loved it for more than half of my life now. So, yeah. well, that being said, too, if there's like a pop star that is like struggling and they come over and want to do country, I'm like, all right, give me a break. But yeah. then there are some who love it who come over who like. Action, like the, like Diplo. Diplo loves country music. He loves country music. And it's music. not even his first foray into it, like with what no. you guys are doing together. That man loves country music. It is, uh, it's been really fun to watch him. He doesn't have to do country music. No. I guess is my point. Sometimes they'll be like, and I don't want to take a shot at him, like Brett Michaels, who was in Poison, who decided <laughs> to launch a country career, who's super nice. Sure. But it's like, you're doing country because the other stuff's not working new, so you're going to come over. That I don't love. Yeah. Yeah. When I came here from... Austin, I was killing it. Yeah. I did not have to come here. Yeah. I wanted to come here. Yeah. And that I like. That, that was me too. Of like, I, I could have gone to LA. Like, I really had thoughts of like, if I'm going to go more in a pop direction, artist-wise, LA seems like the place to be. But I was like, I want to write country songs. Whenever you said, hey, I'm a country artist, and you started to talk to managers or publishers, were they ever like, uh, you got to date a dude? Can't date girls in country. Oh, no. Never. But also, like, no one gave me the time of day until Villain. Mm. So it was that, just they didn't say that. Yeah, I, I, like, I legit had never been contacted or answered by a single person in town until I downloaded TikTok. And did it a little late, I guess. Not really in retrospect, but it's like 2020, and I saw Priscilla and Janakis both get deals, and I was like... I have good songs too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to download it. I feel too old for the app. I was 27 at the time. I was like, I'm not dancing or anything like that. And I put up every demo I had and uh, one of them did pretty well. I was coming over from Instagram with like 2,000 followers. What was the one that did pretty well that gave you a little hope but wasn't filling? Yeah, it was a song called Two Lonely People. People still comment and want it all the time, but it's not happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rakaya Marshall actually slid into my DMs. Um, she that, was working... So she was working as a publisher at BMG at the time. Uh, she also dated Seth England. They now have a kid together and are engaged. Got it. But um, 
little did I know she was trying to start her own company, but I just saw her as like, she works at BMG. Holy cow, I can get a $30,000 a year pub deal. She likes my voice, all this. And I went over to her house like three days later, met Seth, and we just listened through 15 songs, villain being one of them. And uh, I still give them hell to this day that they were, they were kind of like, let's keep in touch. Like, I don't think the songs are there yet, but let's keep in touch. And I was listening to that Matthew McConaughey book, Green Lights, while I was delivering groceries at the time. And I was like, you want to know what? This is not a red light. This is a yellow light. I've just got to post everything. And I have to really dive into this TikTok thing. And we posted Villain. And uh, I think it got like 13 million views in like three videos in a week, which like no one had done that yet in country. And Rakaia Marshall was my first call. She was like, hey, you want to do a 50-50 master deal to mm. meet with some record labels and get get you a team together? I was like, absolutely. For you to go, let's just put it all up. Again, that's what I like. I'm just, there's just a theme that, of things that I like about you, but it's just generally in the, in the same little world here, same brand. It's like, you know, when you put up all these videos, some of them are not going to get any traction. Dude, the first video I put up, I said, if I get 50 followers today on TikTok... I will release the rest of this demo. And I got like 30 followers. <laughs> That's funny. I still release the rest of the demo. That's but, funny. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't on The Voice or American Idol and I didn't come over with tens of thousands of followers in this like, it was just truly bootstrapping from day one, even with TikTok. And, um, and I'm grateful. It's been cool, but. I feel like it's unfair and some of the older artists, but I've seen this through a couple of generations and even me working on American Idol for four years or so, definitely on the backside of that show. But when people are like, man, these TikTok artists, they just, that same thing was said about, oh, these people on American Idol and The Voice. That same thing was said about, man, they are first on Star Search. That same, it's... Yeah, Facebook, you know, like you don't think of Kane Brown as a Facebook artist. Right. It's always going to happen. It's yep. always happened. Yep. And it will continue happening with something else. And there's always going to be that one and a half generation older group that's still somewhat relevant but they're irritated that the, what they had to go through was harder. Yeah. I would compare it to people who don't want people's student loans to be covered. <laughs> because, listen, I'd have to take any student loans. Luckily, I was very smart. Yeah. And, or I wouldn't have been able to go to college. Sure. So I had all my school paid for from like my ACT score. But if all of a sudden they said, we're going to pay for everybody's student loans, I shouldn't go, well, I didn't get mine paid for. This sucks. They shouldn't get theirs. No. Yeah. I have nothing to do. That has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And yeah. so same thing with this. Well, they made it on TikTok. They did, but that's that doesn't have anything to do with you. And it's happened that way every single generation, decade. It's been something else that's yeah. happened with. It's just a tool. It's yeah. It, and when it was happening to people coming off the Voice and Idol, I'm like, bros, if this opportunity or this was in front of you to go to this to try, you would do it. Yeah, in a heartbeat. And if you wouldn't, that's on you. Yeah, people make it every different way. Every way, and it's been cool. If we now have been around long enough that I don't think anybody thinks of. I didn't even know you. I'll be honest way. with you. I don't think it, I don't even know you. Good. That w- that's been my goal from day one, and I, I was really lucky that I had leverage, and I didn't have a single member of a team. Mm-hmm. Rakaya kind of starting as the nucleus, and I got to really handpick a team that shares the same vision. Back at the at the time of like, I don't want to be the TikTok artist. Let's make sure the narrative's not that, and also I don't want to be the gay artist. I want to just be Lily. You know what I like? I feel like this is me just pointing out things I like about you. And if that's uncomfortable, well, then no. that's weird. It should be really comfortable. <laughs> um, is that, I didn't know you were a TikTok artist. And that's yeah. fine. But the fact that you still brought it up, like I even like that. That you're like, I downloaded TikTok and away we went. 
because you're also not running from it. You're not screaming, hey, this is what, what no, I did. No, it's facts. <laughs> yeah, because, again, having really talked to a lot of folks on mics and off, if they got their first success from TikTok, some people are embarrassed by it now. And I'm like, you should not be. You yeah. shouldn't be embarrassed. It's like a model walking through the mall. If somebody sees you <laughs> and you're just hot, you shouldn't be embarrassed that you didn't go into to these model calls. Yeah. You were just hot. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've gone through waves with it. I would you imagine. Know, I've just, uh, I, my biggest thing is I care a lot about what people think and I, I do my best to not. Um, but yeah, I was worried in town of just like other artists and people I respect a lot. I didn't know what they thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, yo, head down. Years from now, nobody will remember me as the TikTok artist. I literally so. did not know that's what, that was Good. the start. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Hey, it worked then. That happened. To, with some, and I've forgotten too, because again, success kind of camouflages all of the past that you do or don't want known. You have success, big things, shinier things, kind of keep your eyes looking at it more than the past. Even like Megan... Maroney, I was telling her, it was like, I, you're not the TikTok artist to me anymore. No, I don't even think of her that way either. Right. So. It's like uh, Danielle Bradbury. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't, I, I think she's probably still looking for the, the huge successes, but she's not the little kid on the voice. No, not at all. Everybody has a job, and people don't look at me as the, the kid on KLAZ in Hot Springs, Arkansas, who begged to get a job and got lucky because somebody got fired in, after I was cleaning. Yeah. No, it's, it's just a lot of little decisions that you make. Yeah, yours has <laughs> talent, though. Mine just happened to be there. I'm going to be there scrubbing a the bathroom. And they're like, Get hey, out. guy, you, you come in here. Yeah, you got that hustle. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to the Bobbycast. Was your dad in broadcasting of some sort? Yeah, he still is. He works for Cox down in Atlanta. Doing what? So he has been their marketing director for all their stations since I was a kid, since I was a baby. And He's kept a job in radio at Cox? He's, he has for, been at Cox. For how long? For 32 years. That's wild. Yeah, my dad, you know, my dad made so many incredible sacrifices to be the best dad he could be while also being the best husband and boss and friend and brother. Um, and a lot of those where he did not want us to have to pick up and move and my brother and I to have to go to a bunch of different schools and cities because mm-hmm. he turned down jobs in probably like San Antonio and Tampa and Dayton, all those Cox cities. I just think it's crazy he's able to keep a job for 32 years in yeah. radio. He's in the, the worst industry ever. Yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. But he uh, he's brilliant. Like, he's a unicorn, and they just find so much value in him. And Does he have naked pictures of his boss? He that doesn't. Be the question. Okay, okay. Not yet. Not that well, I know of. I'm just saying. I, I, I don't really believe in the jinx, yeah. but I've lo- been lucky enough to go for... 27, Oh, God dang, I only like that number. But, like, <laughs> 24 years? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and he's been on the Bulldogs broadcast, so he also does the football. He's on the broadcast team for them. Wait, what does he do? He's, like, the... Pre-game, halftime, and post-game guy. He's on. Yeah, he's, That's yeah. awesome. He used to be on the Gary McKee morning show back the, in the day for the Star fact 94. That he does the broadcast. For, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, at one time, this is how awesome I think that is. Yeah. I, at one time, flirted with the idea in the last few years. I was like, I think I want to go be part of the Arkansas football broadcast team. And my team was like, it's going to cost you more money to get there and do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't pay. No, that's my and dad's you, hobby. And you're going to have to fly, usually somebody who lives there or move. And I was like, but I love it so much. That's such a cool, that's so, like. Yeah, you, it's the best. I mean, I did not have a choice but to bleed red and black. And we've seen every big game, gone to all the natties and everything. If your dad's going to hear this, but that's pretty cool, man. That's <laughs> dope. That is. <laughs> he is. He loves the, He loves this podcast, even if I'm not on it. But uh, Sad in the summer. Yeah. How, how do you and Diplo ever even meet? Oh man, it was December of 2020, 2020. Holy cow, I just signed at Big Loud. And, uh, right, for publishing? No, for Art label. Still. Yeah, it. yeah, Got for it. label. And, um, yeah, it was like right after Villain. And they sent me this whole playlist of like a bunch of songs. They were like, hey, I know you write all your own songs, but if you want any of these outside, here's like 25 songs we put together for you that we think you'd crush. And, um, Sad in the Summer was on there and it was like a guitar vocal. And Seth was like, hey, I want you to put your vocal on this song and we're just going to send it to Diplo. And I was like, it's just a guitar vocal. Like, what do you, what are, he, what's he going to do with that? And I did. I was super sick also when I did it. So my voice was really raspy and we sent it over. I met Diplo that following Christmas. He DJed our Christmas party at Big Loud. <laughs> it was That's legit. It was a time. But we all went to the Titans game the day before and got to hang out. And, uh, and then just out of nowhere in like August of 2022, he sent over sat in the summer 
it was this whole like disco track. We kind of just sat there and waited with you on it. Yeah, yeah, with that exact same vocal coming. We had hopes, but like you know, yeah. Wes, Wes has Wes's timeline. He's such an artist that um he does things exactly when he wants to. So we were all kind of like, yo, if he does Thomas Wesley too, Mm -hmm. hopefully we're on it. And they sent that over, and we were like, oh boy. How do you play that in your shows? Oh, it's fun. We uh, a lot of tracks underneath, but also it's a bit heavier. More guitar part on that, and uh, yeah, we go heavy with it. A little halftime head banging. Do people ever confuse you with Lily Rose Dip? Yep, yeah. But Diplo and I were like, "Yo, we should just start a duo named Lily Rose Dip and like throw it all off." You know, it would break it. I throw think, it all more off more so than it already does. I'm gonna have my pinnacle of success when you can Google Lily Rose and it's me first and not her. Well, so I Googled <laughs> today just to see. Mostly I do Google the news to yeah. make sure that nobody got like, yeah. done anything bad before they come in. Yeah. And you're all clear. Don't worry. Yeah. I did basically did a background check. Say. Uh, but there's only one thing of her before you. Yeah. So it's good. I mean, she's such an artist and an entertainer. She does so many care. things, you know. Her, blah, blah, blah. So. But I'm just saying, it's not like 10 things and then sure. you. Well, that's good. Yeah. We're climbing up, baby. Exactly. You're almost <laughs> where you want to be. So you're out with Sam? Yeah, we start uh we start that tour in two weeks. Oh, so you're not out yet. It hasn't not started. Yet. Nah, festivals right now. Man, Sam's a good dude. He took us out last year for about five weeks. So you've been out with him. Yeah. So for yeah. him to bring us on the entire tour this summer, he's the reason I moved to Nashville and not LA. Do you like him? Love him. He's a good dude. He's like my biggest influence in country music. When he put out that Between the Pines mixtape in oh, twenty fourteen, I would sit there and just try to recreate all those tracks, teach myself logic, do all of it. And he's really what made me be like, I want to write Oh, if that's country, I know I can go and write country songs. Sam's the example to me of someone who a lot of people, when he first came out and had success, not, not, I'm not going to say the majority, but a lot of people were like, this is not country. This is not what the music should be doing. Like program directors, like sure. playlist creators, even people at record labels that weren't his. This is not it. This is not it. But when it popped so hard, then you heard all the other artists started to take elements from it and it went oh. from being what was far to the left or the right to it, it was what everybody else was trying to do so he had cre- like no one else would let him on the road so he created his own road yeah. and he's out driving on the road by himself and all of a sudden everybody's on the same road behind him i'm such a big believer i've always said that of you know in athens i would i'd be able to pack out the bars and put 400 people in headlining shows but if a country artist came through that was playing the georgia theater they would never look at me they would they would look at, you know, one of the dudes wearing jeans and mm-hmm. boots and anything. Or Maroney, honestly, opened a lot of those shows that I always hoped I would be on. Too bad she's not doing anything. Yeah, just she's kidding. really I love down. you, Meg. Yeah. You are yeah. crushing. You got number one right now. But um, I just always had this thing that I was like, you want to know what? None of the superstars that sell out arenas and stadiums did anything that anyone else ever did before. And that's you cannot why. be a carbon copy and become right. a superstar. You, I mean, it is so tough. And it's like you have to go through extra adversity if you're different. And you almost can't explode unless you're different. So the way to explode is to be different. But odds are, if you're way different, you're not going to explode. So you've got to believe in yourself so much, even if you're different, if you want to be a megastar. Like every day, have to tell yourself that. And it's hard. I've always been super different. And it sucked because I was always the guy that was too country to be pop. I was too pop to be country. I'm too not conservative to be on 
country radio. I'm too, I have too many conservative part, like parts of my, how I live my life that keeps me from doing, everything that I do is wrong, apparently, if you ask everybody. I feel like sometimes I get viewed that way as well. That being said, it's the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Yeah. Because I'm the only one. Only one. The only thing that we have is being honest to yourself and true and I don't even lie anymore, mostly because I can't remember. That's actually most of the reason. Because <laughs> I would. I would just be like, tell great stories on the radio. I'd be like, listen to this. This happened to me. Sure. But I have learned now in my wise age that it's harder than normal to be great. It's hard. It's really hard to be great if you're different. But the only way you can really be great is if you're different. Big time. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but I'm just grateful I've got a label and a whole team around me that just completely share that vision. I don't even think you're that. I mean, you're, you're definitely different doing a different way, but sure. I, it's not like you have two heads on and an extra elbow coming out of your neck. No, but you know, but like Sam is my example. If he's yeah. not different anymore, no. he's what everybody wants to be. But at some point there was a window when people were like, let's just throw Sam Hunt in the sea and hope he never comes back. Cause what he's doing, this is not good or legitimate. Yeah. I mean, and now it's like Morgan's about to have like five number ones in a row that have drum beats and tracks and all of it in there. And Even Garth. And I've been lucky enough yeah. to have a, relation, a relationship with Garth where I've opened for him and I've done things that I hang out with them. And he will tell me that they wanted to run me out of town. His live shows had elements of Kiss, had elements yeah. of... He was too were, pop. Yeah. And you can just, how we talked about Star Search Idol, all the way up, you can do the same thing with That Ain't Country. Yeah. When Bob Wills... When his steel player plugged in the steel gets for the first time, they wanted to burn the place down because yeah. that's not country. Oh, yeah. Think about that: an, a steel guitar, an electric steel guitar, and it, it's happened every every situation. I like to say decade, inside of decades, forever, and it's always going to happen for sure. And I'm just always amazed how dumb people are that haven't seen that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely at the point. I, I was really lucky when I first started doing the TikTok thing and just posting videos. I was always very worried I was going to deal with hate in my comments and on my Instagram and stuff. I don't deal with any hate in the comments. It's when like the ACMs post about me. Yes. It's or like when CMA. The traditional, I, yeah. I can't right. because it's just like people telling me that I'm not a human being and, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, wow. So you definitely have to, no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta remind yourself every day of like, they, they told Garth that he wasn't country either. <laughs> well, they tell me I'm a human, but I'm just an untalented human. That yeah, doesn't right? deserve to. Yeah, but, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I do feel bad for you. But it's, yeah. No, it's, it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's just I'm, I'm just a fan. Thanks. I am too. You're really good at this. It's hey. like you're so easy to talk to. This Appreciate is crazy. you. It's like the greatest first date ever, Mike. Yeah. Hour flew by. Come yeah, on. We've done an hour here. Oh, um, let's go. So music, what about, what else? Like what's, I hate the question, what do you have coming now? Sure. But give me something, like, when do you plan to start putting stuff out? Yeah, we, uh, so I did another eight or nine songs with Joey Moy, and then I'm now working with Paul DiGiovanni as well. So it's going to kind of be a split record that we're hoping to have out by the end of the year. Fingers crossed, but we've got a lot no of songs. No record, one song. When's one new song coming out? I don't know yet. Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah, I, um, I'm kind of cool with the patient game and going dark a little bit while we, we really ride this Diplo song. But the songs that we have out are so different than anything, or that we have ready to go, are really different than anything we've done before. And I took a lot of outside songs when I first signed, and I've, I've gotten to write a lot more. So it's been great. 
And if they're different, they're probably not going to work. However, they shouldn't, pro- they shouldn't probably work because they're different. But when they do, and God dang it, if they do, hey, it's going to be awesome. I'm all down. I'm Every single song that I just trust it, and it's the perfect place in my wheelhouse where I sing, and it's different, are the ones that pop. So I'm just going to keep keep going. When you're playing shows, because you're out with Sam, I only got a few minutes left, but yeah. I like injure my groin or like my hip flexor. And I got to work out in like an hour and a half. So I've been doing cryo a little bit to kind of yeah. help the inflammation. Not because I believe that's doing anything except that. Yeah. Just inflammation. So I got to have an appointment um, or I do this for two hours. Oh, yeah. Um, that being said, when you're the, are you the baby with Sam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who's the middle? Brett Young. That's pretty solid. Yeah. It's going to be great. Whenever you're driving around in a van, and I just want people to know because the one constant has been your drive. I'm not going to say hustle. I'm going to say your drive. When you're driving in a van to these shows and you're making what the baby makes, you're not making a lot of money right now. No. We do really well in merch, which which helps balance out a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And But also, to do well in merch, you got to go stand at that merch table for an hour and shake hands and take photos, which is one of my favorite parts of the day. Mm-hmm. But um, right now... I'm I'm with three dudes that are in my band that also have been working at this for so long that feel that same, that drive and the just tenacity, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, it's been great. But I feel like we got a bus coming soon. I oh, hope. yeah. Hope. You're, you're, and We're right there. But and I'm going to tell you the fact that you've been in a van makes the bus so much. Yeah, 100%. It makes it worth it. And you never want to go through anything hard, but you really don't grow unless you go through something hard. Yeah, and I mean, and we but, also have the best times in those vans. It's, yeah, it's like, I listen, I'm sure you can do it. You know, like, yeah. So, when I first started touring, we were driving around in a car. Uh, that's what all I over keep, the Southeast. It sucks. I always tell everyone, they're like, sorry about it. It's a Sprinter van this week. And, and I'm like, yo, it's better than a car. I used to be in the car. And that's so. and for a year, I'd finish the show on Friday. We'd try to beat, five, we'd do a show, clo- and then we'd just drive overnight in a car, and it sucked. And then we got a, we started driving in a van. I was, I was gonna like, say you don't drink, so we have a little bit more fun with it. That, but. <laughs> okay, that I can see. And then the van, I was like, "This is awesome!" I yeah, can right? lay down, and then it was, then it gets sucky again. And then when you get a bus, it's a game changer. Hey, just wait till you get a plane. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. fingers crossed. When are you? When are you? Uh, you going out with Sam? When does that wrap up? Uh, so that is like beginning of July through the end of September, and then we're out with Shania Twain for thirteen shows. Dang, how does, how late does that go? Uh, November. Ish, yeah. and then headlining after that, we're road dogging. Are you done in November until the next year? Yeah, you know, and then there's always the Christmas radio shows and all that, mm-hmm. but touring wise, for the most part, you should come up. I don't know if you could even do it, but I'm one of the shows that I'm doing. It's it's easy driving a car to Louisville. You yeah, should, you should come up and open up that show. I only pay a thousand bucks, but you don't have to. You don't have to, don't have to do anything. It's Dude, like there's no money I do it to for pay free. back. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> but I think it's super because then I'd bring you up on the radio show and I'd have. It's so political when I bring guests up because I have to deal with all the bull crap. And mostly, I don't care. But then my boss gets into trouble. Not trouble, but then he gets pushed. And then he comes not down on me, but he's like, but anyway, we should try to figure out a, a, a quick show that you don't have to drive a van to. Because yeah. I'm, I'm doing some super close. Like Louisville's yeah. two hours. Like right there. Yeah. and Dude, beyond in. Well, I'll just, I'll have, I'll have my people call your people. Yeah. Definitely. And we'll see. I'm just a big fan. <laughs> hey, me too. And Thank you. This is... Such a bucket list. If I would have told well, don't 20, don't 2018 <laughs> Lily that we, we finally got to do this, I don't know if she'd believe it. So and thank you. Then we'll get you up on the show, and and it, it'll be great. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a big fan. I've been following along for a while, and I'm, it's super cool to see what's happening and Thanks, how dude. you're making it happen. And there's a difference in something happening. 
and the difference is somebody making something happening and then it happens. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Mike, anything you want to say? I I feel like this has been the fan club meeting mostly of Lily than anything else. Oh, no. It's been great. You're not dying though, right? No, 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 not dying. Announce no. it here, though, if you are. Not, well, yeah. it'll be the so who, who, what, what does he do? The guy, the, Dylan, not, right yeah. here in the corner. It's my day-to-day manager. Oh, uh, you're the manager. Yeah. Dylan, how'd you feel like this went? I thought it went fantastic. Yeah? I thought you all would have known each other for 20 years. I feel that way, too. That's why I said it. It just felt so freaking normal. Yeah, like, oh, you scoot up to the microphone. Yeah. What, what, what do you not like about her? I like everything. Ah, I good am answer. a Tennessee fan, though. He's uh, not. Well, I don't like that about you. But here's the thing, Dylan. You're wearing a Vandy shirt, and that's kind of bull crap when you were another team. The and man like, is from Missouri and has been okay. a Mizzou fan since I've met him. Okay, so this, I, I have no respect for you. Turn the microphone yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the funny thing. I wear the Vandy shirt to look a little bit smarter. I went to I went to Belmont. I did go to Belmont. Are you feel like four colleges you're switching. I know. I know. Four I colleges. had an existential crisis when my brother-in-law he coaches Utah. We coached Utah softball, and they went to the College World Series for the first time. It was awesome, and. I struggled wearing any other school other than Arkansas. And my wife is like, this is family. No one's going to think you've switched schools. You can wear Utah. And I thought, you know, Utah's not a threat to me. So I'm going to wear Utah only at the game to support him. It's it's family. I also love him. He's super close to him. Now, that being said, my wife is a massive Oklahoma fan. Massive. Her family all... Shoot me dead before I put anything Oklahoma (laughs) on. And she won't wear anything Arkansas. So... I've only been a one logo guy until so, but you being a four logo guy with no family about, uh, yeah, it kind of shows who you are. True. Yeah. yeah, your true colors are flying well, through here, right here. Well, Whenever wait. they start winning, that's when I'm on board. <laughs> Dude, I'm the same way. My dad, we did not have a single ounce of orange in our house. Mm, can't, not allowed. Can't. Not allowed. It I will hurt. say, Mizzou, yes. Mizzou was not in the SEC mm-hmm. whenever I was growing up. So Big 12? Yeah. You know, Big 12. Mm-hmm. So. Balls. All the excuses. Come on, Dylan. Keep so going. It's a lot. I still feel dirty for wearing Utah, <laughs> but I understand why I did it. Yeah. You prefer. You're out looking for a new team every day here. It's true. Word on the street is all team Dylan. Yeah. You got a free shirt, he'll wear it. <laughs> got a free shirt. It's all right. Facts. You guys followed uh, on Instagram at Lily Rose Music on TikTok. Lily Rose Music Official. We'll put it up in the notes here. Uh, Sad in the Summer, which we played before Lily got in here. And I'm just rooting for you. That's Thanks, it. man. Yeah, keep, I appreciate keep, it. Keep killing it. Keep pushing. Thank you. Uh, it ain't over till you quit, so don't quit because you got it, man. Unless I die. Yeah, then it's the whole ghost thing. Like, you're going to come back. You're gonna and I'm like, going to haunt Mike and yeah, Dylan's dreams. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Just wait until this airs, though. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thanks for listening to a BobbyCast production. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. 
Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.